are listening to Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Thanks to Raya Eyewear for sponsoring this episode of Holding Court. I've been wearing Raya since last year. During the pandemic, I started teaching more lessons than ever before, especially outside. Raya are by far the best sunglasses for tennis I've ever used. Check them out at RayaEyewear.com. That's R-I-A-Eyewear.com. And use the code PATRICK to get $20 off your first pair. They are total game changers. All right, everyone, time for a little late May recap of what's going on in the pro tennis world. Let's start off with the ladies as we look ahead to the French Open starting in just about a week's time. Coco Goff with a huge win, her second career singles title. Also won the doubles as well at a women's tour event in Italy. Took out Wang in the finals very easily, 6-1, 6-3, and then along with her buddy, her fellow American doubles partner, Katie McNally, also won the doubles on the same day. So Coco, she's looking much more solid, much more consistent right now. And if she can continue that, get a good week of practice in this week leading into the French Open, she can be a serious threat to do some damage. Hitting the ball with a lot more spin off the forehand, the serve looks much more solid. And I, th- I look, I really think that she could just play her, that's consistent style without going too big, at least on the clay, that she could be a threat, maybe not to win it this year, but certainly be a factor. And I think down the road, she could be a great clay court player because she can move well, obviously incredibly well. Uh, but if she can just find that mid-range off the ground uh, that she seems to be finding, playing a lot on red clay this spring, great move by her and her team to do that. She's learning a lot, learning on the job, and improving incredibly quickly. So she'll get herself ready for the French Open. By the way, i got a great pod coming up after this. I'm giving you a little recap. And then Katrina Adams, speaking of uh, females that have made an impact, she was first African-American president of the United States Tennis Association. In fact, she was a president for four years. Normally, they're just a president for two years, but uh, she got to do it for four years. Her run ended just a couple of years ago, and she's out promoting her book that she's written recently called Own the Arena, Getting Ahead, Making a Difference, and Succeeding as the Only One. So she's out doing a book tour. I actually heard her as well this past weekend covering the NCAA championships. I think you'll really like uh, my discussion with her talking about her years with the USTA, also growing up uh, in the Chicago area with very supportive parents, with a bunch of brothers. That's how she sort of got into sports and tennis, became a solid player on the tour, really good doubles player, solid singles player as well, but really has been making her mark off the court in her years working for the USTA. Uh, She was also a coach for the USTA. By the way, she was fired as well, and she talks about that in the pod, and then um, how she participated as a board member, as one of the athletes on the board. I was an athlete, by the way, too, on the board, but uh, she was committed to really spending the time and effort, which she talks about. So I think you're going to love that. On the men's side in the week uh, that just passed, I'll tell you, two guys to really look out for going into the French Open. Number one, you know about him, Stefano Tsitsipas. Has had an awesome year. Of course, started it off down under, beating Rafa Nadal from a couple sets down to win that in Australia in five sets. Didn't play great in the semis against Medvedev. I thought he'd play better. Uh, but he's played so well on the clay this season and got to be one of the favorites outside the big boys, the real big boys. He's a big boy, but, you know, the real big boys in, in, in Rafa and Joker. I guess my question to you is, do you put him, <clears throat> excuse me, right now as a 
third, fourth favorite? Where do you put him? Maybe it's, uh, I mean, ahead of team. I would have put team there as the second favorite at the beginning of this year. But now I get question marks about where team's at. He actually played last week as well, did not do well. Uh, lost to Cam Nori, who's another guy who's uh, had a workman-like type clay court season. Not a threat to go super deep at the French, but he's a guy who played his college tennis down in Texas, the TCU, the Horn Frog. Shout out to my buddy, uh, Coach Roditi there, David Roditi. Uh, so, you know, college tennis was great for him. I love watching the NCAAs, by the way, this past weekend on Tennis Channel. Uh, the energy, the enthusiasm from the players. Texas, University of Texas winning it on the women's side in an absolute thriller against the Pepperdine Waves, which came down to the final match. Was it number four singles? I think it was three or four. Um, it went to a deep in the third set. I believe it was 7-5 in the third, the final match. And they, when it was three points all in college tennis, you got to get to four. One doubles point to start the match when they play three individual sets, one, two, and three singles. Whomever wins at least two of those three wins one point. And then you have six singles matches. So then each team has got to win either three or four matches to win it. So Pepperdine um, tied it up. Uh, Texas had, I think, won the doubles. And anyway, it came down to the final match. And the, and the amazing thing is they played most of the final set um, knowing that it all came down to that. So two great efforts uh, by the women there on that team. Then the men um, concluded things in the team championships with the University of Florida. Uh, they were dominant all year. I think I read somewhere that they, they didn't lose a singles match during the NCAA tournament, which is phenomenal. They lost a doubles point to Baylor, who uh, had a great run all year as well. Uh, and University of Florida wins it. Uh, Coach Shelton's son, Brian Shelton's a guy I played junior tennis with, by the way, great guy from, I think he was from Alabama originally, played on the pro tour, played college ball, was a women's coach at Georgia Tech. I actually tried to hire him when I first took the USTA job because he was a USTA coach for us. He said, no, I think I'm going to go to college route. Turned out to be a great decision for him, went to Georgia Tech, won the NCAA title there, by the way for the women for Georgia Tech. Then he moved on a number of years later to University of Florida, took the men's job, and has done an awesome job, but he's never won it. So to win it and to have his son clinch the final match, I was watching it late Saturday night. It was an awesome moment. His son's got a kind of similar game to Brian. Big serve, at least he's a lefty. Brian was a righty. Brian had a great kick serve, big serve, awesome backhand. Yeah, forehand, like mine, a little dodgy. But uh, one of the all-time great guys in tennis. So I was really happy for him and his team. Uh, they play a real classy bunch of guys, it seemed like to me. Because, you know, having over the past 10 years seen like this ridiculous cheating in college tennis just driving me effing crazy. Uh, but I didn't see much of that, if at all, actually. I watched, you know, I watched quite a bit of the team event. Um, and it was all good to me. I saw a lot of great sports, you know, people fired up, of course. That's what college tennis is about. So credit to uh, both teams. Texas, the men's Texas team won it the last time. It wasn't last year because of COVID. Uh, they got to the semis, I believe it was, losing, I think, to Florida. But anyway, the Florida men win it all. Texas women, the, the individual tournament now getting underway. So I'll be watching a little bit of that as well. But that was, that was fun to see. All right, so where was it? The men's tour, I'm talking Sitsipas. He's got to be up there as one of the uh, favorites to, to, I mean, go all the way. I don't know, but he's, he might be my next shot uh, after Nadal. Do I put him ahead of Djokovic? You know, probably not at the moment in the best of five, although I'll tell you, he's looking really, really good right now. 
This episode is being brought to you by Raya Eyewear. Over the last few years, a growing concern of mine has been the long-term effects of overexposure to UV rays from my extended time on court in the sun, you know, following that little yellow ball all over the globe. Well, I was also just tired of squinting on sunny days, but my fear was always that wearing sunglasses to protect my eyes would affect the way I hit the ball. Well, last year, especially during the pandemic last summer, I came across Raya, and I'm so, so glad that I did. Raya is changing the way tennis players see the game and protect their most important performance asset, their vision. All of their eyewear is handcrafted in Italy and built specifically to enhance ball contrast and provide protection from those harmful UV rays. There's no question that they help me see the ball better, they relax my eyes in the sun, and they've become an essential part of my tennis experience. Check them out at RiaEyewear.com. That's R-I-A-Eyewear.com. Use the code PATRICK to get $20 off your first pair. I promise you will love these sunglasses. So Sitsipas up to number five in the rankings right now, and he's uh, it'll be interesting where he ends up in the draw because uh, the other question to me about well the the big question to me about the draw at the French Open is will they see Nadal three? His ranking says he should be the three seed, um, and traditionally the officials at the French Open have always gone straight by the rankings. In this case, to me, they got to make an exception. Put Nadal number two. Give me a break. You can't have Medvedev the two seed. I know he's seeded at rank two, but, I mean, come on. Because that means, obviously, Djokovic and Nadal could play in the semifinals, the luck of the draw. So I believe in this instance that the officials at Roland Garros should make an exception here. I mean, could anybody, could Medvedev really argue against this or anybody? I mean, give me a break. Putting Nadal as a two seed. I mean, you could put him in one for all I care, but I mean, Djokovic, it doesn't matter if you're one or two because it's the luck of the draw as to where the three and four seeds end up anyway. But if he's the three seed, then it's a possibility he and Djokovic can meet um, in the semifinals. So Sissipas at five. I love his chances to make a deep run all the way. I mean, he, I think at the moment he's the next best shot. I mean, team has just been... Bit of a question mark. Uh, you know, I'll see if he can get it together going into the French. And if he can, obviously, he can be a threat there. He's been in a couple of finals there, beating Joker there and so on. Now, the other guy to look out for, I don't know if he can go, you know, as far as we're talking about with Sissipas, but his demand from Norway, Kasper Rudd, uh, or Rude, however you want to uh, pronounce it. And he has been just absolutely on fire during this clay court season and uh, just followed up uh, finishing up his clay court season with a win uh, over Shapovalov in the Geneva final. That's where Federer played. He went out early in his opening match uh, to the Spaniard Andujar. Rude roughed him up in the quarters and then took out Shapovalov in a great final straight set six and four. I believe it was this guy's rough on the dirt. I mean, he's really rough Rude, He can, um, he can run. He's got a whippy forehand. Backhand is solid. Great mover. Obviously, tremendously fit. Uh, so we'll see what kind of move he could make. I mean, when you look at a guy sort of outside the top 10, he's got to be the first guy that comes to mind. you got Sinner in there as well. as at 19 in the world rankings at the moment. So he could be a factor. But Rude, I would say on clay, I give him a slightly better chance than Sinner, though Sinner's – I mean, overall, Sinner's going to be a better player in the long run. I'm just talking about this year uh, at Roland Garros. So uh, the draw will come out probably later this week. I'll have to do a pod on that. Uh, who would you like to hear me talk to about the French? 
Of course, I got one coming up, uh, podcast with Big Bro. Mac to Mac will be coming back soon. Big week this week, as I've got, as I said, Katrina Adams is going to be, uh, I'll give you that podcast coming up momentarily. Uh, and then I've got uh, Mr. Michael Imperioli later this week here on Holding Court. So another monster week here. Thanks for all you people out there listening. The numbers continue to go up in season two, and we will continue to push the envelope here on Holding Court. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media. Media.